Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. <laughs> and the Odyssey continues. Welcome back to A Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Randy Griggs. I am not joined by my regular counterpart today. Robbie Raz uh, is off, and I have the great honor of being in live in the headquarters of Cigar Dojo here outside of Denver, Colorado, with Eric and Jordan. How you guys doing today? Wow, Randy in the house. <laughs> Couldn't be more excited to have Randy in the house. Randy, staying in my basement. He's going to be living <laughs> in my basement for five straight days. Is that a metaphor? So, <laughs> I mean, place your bets now if you're watching on Facebook. Will I survive these five days? That's what I want to know. Will I, I think I these are going to be the best five days of Eric's life, personally. These five days. Because <laughs> I don't know. Like, already the energy level is so high, you know. <laughs> Randy is... He's, well, Randy with coffee at mm, 7 o'clock. Randy that's, that's is... That's fair. That's a scary... If you guys don't know Randy, he's a high-energy, high-energy <laughs> individual. Well, speaking of watching on Facebook, if you're watching live, please hit the share button. We always appreciate a share on your feed. And if you are following on a podcast after the fact, we'd appreciate a review, a uh, five you know, stars. Five yeah. stars. I, I you got your obvious, iTunes, right? you got your Google, you got your iHeartRadio, mm -hmm. you got your Spotify. Spotify is good. Subscribe to all of them. We would, that really yeah. that really helps us out. Yeah. Why would you, you only that? subscribe to one? No, that's no. It's a half measure. Randy, you already lit your cigar. I did. I, Easy, Randy. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, I haven't lit mine yet. It's right here if you want to check it out. Uh, well, what we do in Lot B, I, I don't know how you guys handle things here at headquarters, but in Lot B, we like to be you know, fully prepared. No, no, we no. We like to be into the, the pairing by the time we get live. We see, like to be unprepared. What we I do see. in, uh, it's actually not Lot A. You might think we're Lot A. Well, this is the Herf submarine. That's true. Um, yes, yes. Is, I think people want to see me light the cigar. By the way, look, I'm oh, he's actually smoking that cigar. It's, it's for real. It's not a virtual reality or anything. He's, <laughs> he's really doing it. We've got, we've got a great studio audience tonight. We've got yes. Scott Brayband, Trinity Cigar Company, the world's greatest. I, for, and I used to say, I used to say, Randy, that it was the greatest mobile cigar lounge west of the Mississippi. I don't say that anymore. It's the greatest cigar lounge in the Western Hemisphere. Whoa. The Western that's, that's heavy hitting Hemisphere. Right Take that. And I, I got that from my good friend, Expanding the reach. Jose Blanco, who is the uh, Fuente salesman for the Eastern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So we've got the both hemispheres covered in one way or another. We've got Makes Quinn sense. Lodz right over there. Our man, Quinn. We don't JSK. have an audience. Sorry, guys. You can't. You can't. Maybe you might not be able to see him, but <laughs> rep for our good buddy uh, JSK right there, Quinn. Mm -hmm. He brings the best beer nice. every week. He treats us with the the greatest beers known to man. And then, of course, the incomparable Matt Hall, who's sitting to Quinn's right. Matt, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Matt, I know you that you're ready for this weekend. Oh yeah, I'm so ready. This weekend, this is it, Randy. Oh, but before we go there, we got to introduce Jordan. Jordan, the incomparable producer, the world's greatest cigar show producer I, in I, the world. I, I think that's pretty like unquestionable. Like with the, no, the there's no, yeah, that that opening that we have. There's, there's, I mean, there's no doubt. It, it, the opening, it's, it's so so quality. There's not a better opening it, maybe ever made, out in cigar universe or other. Anyways, know. we're so excited that everybody's joining us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. All the Dojo Verse is here. The entire Dojo Verse is here. That's that's not even Western or Eastern Hemisphere. That's the entire universe. Mm. I mean, anybody that's anybody is on the Dojo Verse at this point, trying to earn their white belt. 
What are you at, Randy? I'm still at Greenbelt. You're a Greenbelt. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've uh, I've fallen off a bit. I'll be honest. I've I've been had some things come up that have uh, diverted some of my free time that I normally would devote to engaging the community. Uh, though I miss I miss the daily rapport with. Bill and Chad and Tanner and uh, you guys will see me a lot on there, especially over the next week. Uh, you know, we, we do have a Flavor Odyssey show to get to here. We do have a pairing. We're really excited. We're going to be closing out the Sumatra uh, uh, rapper. This is the fourth of the four shows. Wait, let's get a let's get a belt count. Scotty Brayband, where uh -oh. are you at? Third degree yellow. He's a third degree yellow. There is belt. a microphone, by the way, Scott. Uh, <coughs> Quinn Quinn Lodz, what are you what are you at? Uh, almost fourth degree orange. Ooh, and uh, Matt, what are you what are you running? Uh, third degree orange. And Jordan, what are you at? I am a second degree green. I just got my first purple belt, so I'm pretty <laughs> freaking excited <laughs> about that. So I, I got to just freaking excited ask, about that because I, I respect all all the work that all these guys have done. I gotta ask. Eric, do you get to just like assign yourself belts and badges? How does no. this work? Exactly? I'm working. <laughs> I'm working up. <laughs> you could though. I'm, I could <laughs> if I wanted to. I mean, I we, could just make myself app, a ninja so. ghost master. Wow! But no, that's a nice title. I wanna, I wanna work my way up. I wanna have fun, just like all you guys. Like, I don't wanna just like put myself at the top. Like, I wanna like actually work my way just through posts, just like everybody else. So, if you guys wanna start. Go to dojoverse.com. Start working on your white belt today. Yeah. It's the most incredible new social experience for cigar smokers made by mankind. And, by the way, there's this, there's this battle of the bands going on. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a bunch of bloggers involved. You've got uh, Brian Glenn from Cigar Obsession. You've got uh, Kevin Shahan from Cigar Prop. You've got Emmett Malone from Blind Man's Puff. You've got Aaron Loomis from Developing Palettes. You've got Cigar Coop. And we've all made samplers on Smoke In. Whoever sells the most is the best. And obviously, I'm not the best uh, sampler picker because I'm, like, in third place. So like, far. Hmm. I'm not doing very good. But we're still pretty early. I think, you're, I think you're in fourth place. It's early. It's early. It's Sorry. very early. It's very early. So we're not, gonna, we're not conceding anything. Well, i got to give a shout-out to, Guys, to buy Smoke them. In. Come it, on. This is a fun we, uh, we, concept. To go through and see what the different samplers that everybody put out there. But following Smokin's sexy uh, information recently, he just uh, you know secured a new location for fulfillment. Yeah, I would have argued that they were already one of the best fulfillment uh, online retailers in the game. Yes, and that they're stepping it up to a whole new state of the art warehouse. I'm excited to see what uh, what Smokin has next. You know what, guys? This is the biggest weekend of the year for us. And I know most of you guys already know this, but I'm going to go through it again because, get this, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, the greatest, there's two events, Randy, that I think are the greatest events. One's in the winter and one's in the summer. So I'm going to just say this is the greatest summer event. And then, you know, Abe's Great Smoke is the greatest winter event. I try never to miss it because I love it. It's the best. I've been to almost every one of the Great Smokes. In, it's usually the end of February-ish, and I love it. But in the summertime... You have the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, which is brought to, the, brought to us by the fine folks at Smoker Friendly. And normally, it's at this gorgeous uh, venue. It's the Omni Interlochen in Broomfield. Right on a it's, golf, it's nice a, golf course. It's on a golf course. The weather is perfect. There's a swimming pool. There's pre-events. There's post-events. There's It's basically four days of fun. But because of our, you know, situation... COVID and such, mm -hmm. uh, and the Colorado restrictions on events, because you can only have 175 people at, at one place at one time. It was just, there was no way to make it happen. So they had to cancel the, the main event at the Omni, and the good folks at Smoker Friendly said, hey, Dojo, how would you guys like to host the virtual version of the event? And we said, <laughs> yes, we will do that, and so we're doing that this week. There's Go still, to Mountain Cigar Fest. There's still a bunch of people flying in. We've got WB's coming in, Kevin Acuff, Barb's coming in. I think Fuzzy's coming in. I mean, Tanner's coming in. There's a bunch of uh, John Parker might be here tomorrow night. Arkansas Juan Dog, Cancel. Juan Cancel. There's a bunch Kevin of people coming in. We're gonna we're gonna try to make Randy. We're trying to make lemonade out of lemons. Heck yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So we're going to do three shows. There's not going to be a Smoke Night Live Friday. 
because we're just going to take it easy that night because we have such a big thing happening on Saturday. There are, if you guys participate, there are prizes just galore. It's mainly sponsored by Drew Estate and Smoker Friendly. There's all kinds of uh, giveaways, prizes. If you just participate, there's three shows. The first show is um, at 11 a.m. Mountain. That would be 1 p.m. Eastern, Randy. I know, and I'm not going to even say Pacific time because nobody cares. No, I'm not there anymore. So. Yeah, you're not there. <laughs> and it's going to be Jonathan Drew and Juan Martinez. So Jonathan Drew, obviously yeah. from Drew Estate, Juan Martinez from Hoya de Nicaragua. They're going to have some cool stuff to announce and specials and whatnot. That show is the very first show. Get this. It goes on. Next show, show number two, is at 1 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Eastern. We are going to have Nish and Nimish Patel from Rocky Patel. We're going to have Bobby Newman from J.C. Newman. We're going to have Rafael Nodal from Altidus. You guys know him from Aging Room and whatnot. Cigar of the Year, Cigar Aficionado, right? And Tommy Lazuka, one of the world's greatest uh, cornhole players, will be on also. And our good buddy Nick Perdomo. Nice. Nick freaking Perdomo. Like, he was on just, was it last week, Jordan? Two weeks ago? Two weeks yes, ago. two weeks ago. He's, he's, he is the best guest to have on. Like, that, oh, dude, yeah. that dude has his... He has his act down. Oh, yeah. He knows how to be a guest. Like, you ask him a question, he has an answer, and then he stops. And, yeah, he doesn't ramble on. doesn't he ramble on. just gives on. you the answer. Gives you the answer. It's a genius answer. Stops. I love it. <laughs> uh, then, our final third show is at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have Alan Rubin, another fantastic mm-hmm. guest. Matt Booth from Room 101, terrible guest. Eric Espinoza, excellent guest. Juan Cancel, terrible guest. <laughs> Terrence Riley from Aganorsa, excellent, excellent guest. guest. So you get the theme there. Excellent, terrible, excellent, terrible, excellent. It's going to be an amazing uh, day. Some might say phenomenal. <laughs> Some might say phenomenal. <laughs> Randy, it's, and you're going to be, you and Matt are going to be smoking and, and cooking all day long for the people. That's right. What, yeah. are, you gonna, what are you going to cook up for us? Well, we, I flew into. Colorado just to barbecue for this event. Very excited about everybody having uh, that are going to make it out from Dojo Verse. Uh, like you said, that is an amazing lineup of, of guests. Even the terrible ones are going to make for one a heck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we're going to be doing pulled pork. Uh, so Matt and I are going to have uh, probably eight pork butts on the smoker for uh, five to eight hours in in preparation. We'll be handing out sliders all day long. Ooh. Now, now, Matt brought over his smoker today, yes. which that was no easy task. Mm-hmm. Scott Braband helped him bring it over. You think you'll be able to uh, do what you need to do oh, in yeah. the... Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. the yeah, equipment's yeah. there. Yeah. You and Matt got it all planned no, he's, out. He's got a professional unit. It's uh, similar, but actually better than my original unit. And uh, yeah, so I know it well. I'm, I'm confident. Uh, I think we're going to try and do a... Uh, try and do a test run uh, just for friends and family here on Friday. Uh, so we're all set. We know all the, the ins and outs for Saturday. It's going to be a great time. Oh, can't wait. So I hope all of you guys join us. It'll be on our Facebook page mm-hmm. to, to participate, just like you're doing right now. Tanner's going to be face first uh, in Randy's butt. <laughs> Tanner. By the way. Tanner will be there. So make sure to just tune into those shows, participate, ask questions, get involved. And if you do, you might win some incredible prizes from Drew Estate and or Smoker Friendly. Uh, I really cannot wait for this. I realize it's kind of like bittersweet, Randy. It's bitter in the sense that I love Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, and I wish we were walking into the Omni. Sure. But since we can't do that, I mean, we're going to have a blast. It's going to be epic. We're going to include the entire you know, cigar world in this, and it's going to be fun. Um, what do you sort of like, is there any guests that you're just sort of like, oh dude, like I can't, I can't wait to be on the show with, with that guy. Well, yeah, no, you know I mean? I, I've spent a lot of time in the protocol dojo lounge with, uh, Kevin Kaithen and, and Juan Cancel. It'll be fun to, uh, get to hang out and herf with them in real life. Um, like you said, Perdomo and Alec, Alan Rubin are exceptional pillars to this industry and, and give great interviews. Always fun to see what Matt Booth comes you know, out of the woodwork with. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of everybody that, that's part of the lineup, to be honest. I've The only two that I've never interviewed, oh. the only two, actually there's three, uh, because the Patel boys are mm-hmm. two, Yeah. but the two Patel boys, I've never interviewed them, 
and I've never interviewed Rafael Nodal. So I, you know, I I, want, I I have a bunch of dick jokes planned for those guys. <laughs> just kind of like, you know, of course. you know, break. ease them into yeah. the show, break them in. You know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can have some fun. But it's going to be just laid back. We're not going to talk a lot of in-depth cigar stuff. We're going to talk about other stuff. Stuff that you would say to them if you walked up to them in the booth at the Rocky Mountain Cigar right. Fest. Right. Yeah, All it's right. a virtual event, not an interview, right? Exactly. So yeah. uh, so let's get into this show. What's this Indeed. is the this is the final uh, Sun Grown Sumatra. Yes, yes. Ecuadorian Sumatra. Uh, we started uh, we want to do a quick rundown. Uh, yeah. we, we started this off obviously with a, a great guest with Pete Johnson, uh, smoking this year's Now uh, Pete Johnson, he's He's with what company? I believe it's Tatuiji. Yes, something like that. Tatuaje. That's that's what it is. He was great. He was great. Well, yeah, no, and it was it was some some nice information he brought about you know the final TAA release before he backs away from that program at least temporarily, and so it was exciting to get to smoke a cigar that had just come out so recently, and that was paired with the first red wine that we've done on Flavor Odyssey, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, then obviously going in, having Jack come and be part of the show with the Sun Grown Dogma. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's always fun for me when I can focus on a Cigar Dojo uh, collaboration cigar. Uh, the VSG from Ashton is uh, was kind of unique from some of the other cigars that we've smoked. A little bit darker wrapper, had a little bit more spice character to it than some of the other uh, Ecuadorian Sumatras. And then we are finishing it with a, a well-known, beloved cigar in Oliva V. Milanio. Um, so again, uh, sun-grown Ecuadorian uh, wrapper, and um, and we are pairing tonight with a coffee. Oh, yes, we so black, black coffee. That's right, no sugar, no cream. We it's real deal. Yeah, we, we we did cream. It's the way with, you should be uh, drinking it, people. <laughs> with <in> Connecticut, <laughs> that wouldn't be appropriate for uh, for a cigar of of this depth and magnitude and complexity of flavor. We want the uh, the origin flavors of that coffee to really stand out and uh, provide us an opportunity to find some flavor hooks and some similarities uh, between the two pairing elements. All right, so I if I drink coffee mm-hmm. at this time of night, Randy, yes, I won't sleep until Saturday. Me too. <laughs> so, That's the whole point. So I'm not I'm not gonna do coffee tonight. All I'm right. going to do a coffee beer, mm. which is a I'll, uh, I want some of that too. Station twenty six brewing mud season coffee cream ale. Just so you guys know, that's what I will be doing tonight. Me and Randy's is a locally sourced, uh, locally... Oh, Corvus. They're roasted huge here. Have you ever Corvus. heard of Corvus? I, I wasn't familiar with Corvus, no. Uh, Corvus is huge in Colorado. Is that right? Yeah, Jordan they're, took they're the like lead on the coffee. They're like three. It's, it's uh, Sweet Bloom is number one, then Huckleberry. Then I don't know, Corvus is probably number three to five. Yeah, Cor- and, and the cool thing about Corvus is they do have... I think the thing that they have going for them the most, Jordan, is their locations. Like location, location, location. They're very hip, very cool. Jordan, do you want some of this? Yes. Uh, and like you know, people go there. They bring their laptops. It's very hip. It's oh, okay. you know, you, if you're not wear if you're not wearing like a beret or something, they, 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 they kick you out instantly. But it's a very hip kind of cool place and whatnot. I don't go there because like I'm Joe Sixpack. You know, I'm like uh-huh. PBR guy. But anyways, <laughs> for, for it's co- pretty cool. In the realm of coffee, I feel like. Um, you know, cigars. Uh, for, you go take. We'll go from cigars. Pretty much nationally, you're, you, there's not. You're not going to go get a local cigar of any sort. Then you go to beer. It's kind of more regional. You know, like you're either getting like states. You're going to your local brewery, or you're like within like a four state region. You want to kind of stick to your hometown. The coffee is like you need to be like going to the roaster like down the block. Like mm. I don't think you should be ordering coffee online, uh, if possible. I mean, some guys have to, but like if you can get the something roasted nearby the freshest possible you should be. So that was actually, Jordan, I don't know if you realize this, but that was actually a pretty genius rundown you just did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you think about what he just said, Randy, but uh, 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 cigars are sort of like country-oriented. Mm-hmm. And then you have, we could even throw in bourbon, Jordan, which is like state-oriented, like because you want like a Kentucky bourbon or whatever, right? right. That kind of thing. And then... Coffee's like really super local, like super super local. super local. It tends to be. Do you would you say that that's a fair? Yeah, no, I, I think that's very fair. And I, I've had conversations with uh, people in in different industries about that um, that consumer fervor to support local. And I, I honestly believe that you'd see that in more industries if the access was there. I think I think it's driven by 
there, there's not an American in existence that's more than 15 miles from a brewery. I think it's, I, I've seen this number. It's something like 90% of all Americans are within 10 minutes of a brewery. Mm. And so I think that drives it. It's just the, the availability. I'm sure that if more people had access to locally rolled cigars, uh, you know, locally distilled craft spirits, which is actually a, a trending thing where more and more craft distillers are available in, in cities around the country. Uh, I think we'll continue to see consumers kind of drive that support local kind of feel, especially with these craft artisan uh, products. Well, I mean, that, and you're, you're right, but I feel like there's also more to it than that in that coffee should be ultra fresh. Mm. That's fair. Uh, that is fair. And that's not the same with the other with, stuff. Especially with cigars. Now, with beer, you get the IPAs, you want them to be pretty fresh, too. Yep. So you're getting in that realm, but... But definitely coffee, like cigars, it doesn't, you know, you want it to be aged. So, like, so, so what you guys are saying, and I'm not an expert in beer, and Randy is, but, like, um, coffee and beer tend to be something that maybe, especially with IPAs, is, is best fresh and local. But cigars and bourbon are best aged and more, you know, uh, geographically specific. You've got Nicaragua, Honduras... Mm-hmm. The DR, obviously Cuba and whatnot, but um, what would you say? Why why is it a bigger? Is it a harder challenge, Randy, um, being somebody that you know, like in the beer industry, that's local like that, or is it a harder challenge being you know a regional like you know Nicaragua, where you have to appeal to the the wide audience? So like when you're a beer uh, brewer, you're you've got your your lo- your your locals that are coming in all the time. Mm-hmm. They're your fans. They're going to come in every single night. Is that is does that make that easier, or does that is that make that a harder thing to make a good product for them that ma- that they like and they enjoy? Yeah, no, it's it's a great a couple great points there. J- Jordan brings up a fantastic point with the demand for freshness in some in some of those. Um, products it does drive uh, more of a reason to support local other than just the the concept of supporting your local community um, but but I would say it's much easier to operate as, as a local brand because these um, these experiences are, are exactly that when you go to a brewery you get to hear the backstory you get to meet the brewmaster you, you know the the owner might swing by and grab a, a pint with you and, and and chop it up and you get that emotional connection and so it's a lot easier to, to build that uh, that brand loyalty and connection with your local community because they're walking in your front door it's a lot harder you know I work for a, a brewery that we distribute in 30 states. You know, in our local hometown, people come in all the time. They remember the last time they went to a baseball game and stopped by the brewery on the way. And there's something special about that whole uh, experience that they went through where we don't have that opportunity to engage the consumer at, at such a personal face-to-face um, opportunity on the East Coast the way we do at home in California. Uh, so you really have to do more to you know, imbue them with your brand elements, with your backstory. And, you know, they have to care a little bit, you know, they have right. to follow you. And, um, you know, for the most part, they're just seeing your package on a shelf. And so you've got to, you know, find other unique ways to get your story across to them where it's it's just so much easier when people walk through, you know, the, the front door of your building. I try never to put my package on a shelf. I just, <laughs> it's something that I, it's a personal thing. Yeah. Randy I, might be I, I understand. That. I, I understand. Don't you're, I don't you're a little more that. reserved than I am. I'm a little bit more I, conservative. You know, I, I, I put my package on just about any shelf someone will let me. I'll be <laughs> so, honest. So, Randy, uh, you didn't know that I was going to do this on the show. All right. But uh, we've been doing Flavor Odyssey for one year. What? This is, this is the one-year anniversary of Flavor Odyssey. Jordan, is that a, is that a fact? It's fact. It's a fact. I li- I'm live fact-checking this show, by it's, the way. That y- one it's on up. Snopes right now. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so it's Don't a, trust Snopes, by the way. It's they a, suck. It's a fact. <laughs> so, but, but, Randy, I, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Like, we don't get to talk about this enough, uh, but you're here in Dojo Studio, so now I get to put you, you know, like, why do we have Randy Griggs on the show? Because, Randy... You've got a huge background in not just beer, but wine and a bunch of other stuff. You're into understanding flavors, understanding what goes together, the flavor hooks. Like, give us just the Reader's Digest version of Randy Griggs and how you got to be where you are today. In like, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the beer world, like in the in the cigar world, we kick Randy around a lot. <laughs> we beat him up, you know, and we and we love to make fun of him and stuff because we love him. 
But in the beer world, like he's kind of a big deal. He's kind okay. of a big deal <laughs> in the beer world. Now, Randy, talk. Just give us the Reader's Digest version of how you got to be where you are today in the beer world. Well, I, I will say you you were telling the truth. This was completely undiscussed and uh, impromptu. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, um, first I'd love to say, man, I, I can't believe it's been a year already. I'm so excited to get to partner with uh, such professionals. I've had the opportunity to come in as a novice. You know, as as most people that follow the show and you guys all know, I was extremely uncomfortable and nervous in front of a camera and a microphone when this all started <laughs> and getting to work with Robbie Raz. He's an absolute professional, great show host for us and uh, has made a very easy transition for me getting into uh, doing these shows. And and, uh, and it's an honor to have a whole year go by and, and you guys haven't kicked me off yet. I just got to say, that's kind of an still amazing time. thing. <laughs> the show isn't over yet. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I, I got a job in a, in a brewery when I was 21 years old. And uh, two weeks later, got a job in a homebrew shop as a, as a second job. And, um, and today I'm the national brand manager for the 29th largest brewery in America, 21st Amendment. And uh, one, one of the things that really struck me as I was learning to make beer, it, you know, it's, it's so much, it's a culinary art. There, there's as much science as there is art. You can geek out about it or you can just be artistic uh, about it, you know, similarly to cigars, you know. So there's some guys that'll tell you, you know, there's no way you could taste chocolate in a cigar. There is no chocolate in a cigar. It tastes like tobacco. And other guys that'll tell you that it's, it's a hard, dark, semi-sweet chocolate rather than a milk chocolate, you know. And, and you, so you can kind of walk your own path uh, in, in, in the whole flavor spectrum of, of both beer and cigars. And as you said, I'm very passionate about wine and coffee and cheese. Um, and so I, I, that, that's really where, where I kind of skewed, you know, from just being a beer guy. I'm very into sensory evaluation, into flavor, into how we perceive flavor and um, and, you know, building that, that vocabulary. So, you know, being a beer judge very early uh, in, my, in my career uh, gave me an opportunity to be around a lot of people with great palates, taught me a ton. Uh, you know, selling ingredients for, for beer gave me, you know, hands-on experience to really understand the differences between a, a Pilsner malt and a two-row malt and a, a biscuit malt or a, carob, uh, a caramel malt. Uh, so, you know, it, it just kind of went from there. And so for, from that point on, it, it was anything that was, uh, you know, that you could really get into the art and science uh, and develop flavors and, and create aha moments. You know, that was one of the things that, like, has really driven me in my, my career. I've done a lot of educational uh pieces in the beer industry, which is why, uh, if anyone knows me, uh, why they would know me is I've, I've been a, a national speaker at some of our conferences uh, discussing uh, different trends and, and flavor and, and, and what we see as uh, where we can build craft beer as an industry. And so, uh, you know, giving people those aha moments, you know, when, when you can have somebody taste a, a cup of coffee and say, oh, yeah, it tastes like coffee, and then challenge them and say, well, do you get any cinnamon? Do you get any spice? Do you, you know, are you picking up any chocolate notes and have them, you know, have their, their eyes just open and say, right. oh, how, I do get that now. How you boring know? would it be if when you're, you're, you're this into cigars and all you taste is tobacco. And then when you drink <laughs> coffee, all you taste is coffee. And when you drink wine, you just taste wine. Randy, like, hand me one of those that sounds trays, would you? So just any why are you doing this? No, I, uh, Jordan is bringing up the point that I was just about to ask you and you were starting to almost answer it without me asking you the question. But we get a lot of guys... Uh, on the dojo, the dojoverse.com that say, oh, I love the cigar, but to me it just tastes like tobacco. Like, I just taste tobacco. Like, how do you get guys to start to get into, like, I can remember in, in the dojo sampler um, that we sell with Abe and uh, the dojo uh, Battle of the Bands and all that, the uh, Padron 1964 uh, mm -hmm. Imperial, that was the first cigar that I smoked where I was like, oh, like mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like I Hello. started, it started to like, there was like a light bulb like right. popped over my head and I kind of started to understand like, oh, wow, like I, I can taste chocolate and stuff. But how do you explain to the guys, the newer guys that just say, oh, it just tastes like a cigar to me. Like, where do you go initially to say, do you just like start bringing out flavors to them and say, do you taste this? Do you, yeah. do you, do you what part of your tongue or, right. you, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I, you know, it's one of those things that we, you know, I shoot, I was a 22 year old kid and, and was a, a beer judge and people would ask like, how do you develop 
that vocabulary? How do you develop the, the <laughs> palate? You're going to say develop that palate. Uh, <laughs> how, not how, on how, this show. <laughs> how do you how do you de- develop the 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 ability to be able to pick up those flavors? And and I always tell them by paying attention. It it, mm. it really is just an active consciousness of you know I, I you use, got to try. It's sort of like somebody says like how do you be happy a- in life? And you start by smiling. You have to say like <laughs> you have to. It's it's a conscious choice. choice. Yes, yes absolutely. right. Like it's a conscious choice. You have to say like. I want to try to start picking out flavors. Mm-hmm. Help me out, and then you and then like if you read reviews or whatever, you say the reviewer said I tasted cinnamon. Well, obviously there's no cinnamon in this cigar, mm-hmm. but if somebody says to you that there's a cinnamon note, maybe you'll start looking for Can it. Can we get you guys to arm wrestle, please? <laughs> uh, I would kill oh, him. that's a Jack request, of oh, course. You think you'd be Randy? I don't know. He's looking pretty Jack right now. I would kill him. Uh, <laughs> there's no contest. But, we'll but do no, that, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, um, I actually was going to do a, a little uh, taste uh, exercise uh, with the team here while I'm in town, where, uh, you know, I, I, I got to do it early in my career where you, we literally would spike little cups of water with, um, with bitterness, with sweetness, with mm. uh, savory. And and you you just train your your palate, and we, we call it flavor memory. So you end up if if you smell something or taste something with enough frequency and and identify what that is. And even if you and I use two different words, if I said, well, to me that tastes like pumpkin pie, and you said, well, to me it tastes more like allspice. Well, we're both correct. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a significant amount of allspice used in pumpkin pie, but for me. My, my memory is triggered to eating pumpkin pie when I was a kid, for instance, if you get right. that spice character. And so it's, it's just about assigning those flavors, remembering them, and then, like you said, paying attention and looking for them. And if you're trying to draw somebody to that, if you have a palate and, and some descriptors that you think you, that you're comfortable saying, yeah, to me, you know, I'm, I'm picking up some sweetness. I get a little bit of cedary wood. And, and if someone's not familiar with, you know, when, when we say it tastes like oak versus cedar, if you don't know the difference between oak and cedar, I literally go out and get an oak stave from a oak barrel, and you get a, a cedar tray from your humidor, and spend a little time smelling those mm. and, and, and learning the difference. Right, and I feel like once you've like you've um, identified that in a cigar, and you feel comfortable, like okay, I'm pretty sure that's what I feel like cedar is to me. Now you're going to get that whenever you come across it in any other cigar. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now Randy, there's some people that say this, like you, you might you might describe um, in your uh, cigar review, like a cigar review might say, this cigar has it, it's, it's a little bit like wet concrete. And then the the first thing somebody might say is, you don't eat wet concrete. How would you know that that tastes like that? Well, how do you respond to that objection? Oh well, it's very easy. You, 99% of the, the descriptors that people use as flavor are actually aromas. Right. Uh, we, we only technically taste five things. It's sweetness, sourness, bitterness, savory, and... Uh, and Which one did I miss? Umami. No, that's savory. Oh. Um, and saltiness. Saltiness is what I miss. So those are the only five things you taste. One of the tastes you don't taste is watermelon or, or, or bubble gum or buttery popcorn. Those are aromas that we're picking up uh, you know, through our olfactory... Kevin Acuff uh, says he's actually... Tried to eat some leather to, to <laughs> just chew to on make it a sure bit. He's good with the it, taste. It, it, what we describe as flavor, you know, typically, if you're not properly trained in sensory evaluation and and all that, like most of us just say, oh, it tastes like you know bubble gum or watermelon or cedar or cinnamon. Those are all aromas. You haven't described a single taste yet, and so I know what wet uh, concrete smells like. Because I know what it smells like in my backyard when I go out after a rain. And so it's totally uh, appropriate to, to say that you have a flavor memory for wet concrete. And if you're picking that up in, in uh, the, the cigar, then that's as accurate as you can be with your what vocabulary. Are, what are the base, the base you know, flavors in anything? Like if there was a flavor wheel, what would you say would be you know, the four or five things that are like the base flavors that are in almost anything, especially... Like cigars. Like, obviously, there's mineral. Sure. And then there's sure. leather. Yep. There's grassiness. There's woodiness. Uh, obviously, there's a whole uh, you know basket of different spices that you might be able to differentiate. Chocolate. Um, yeah, a whole range of coffee and chocolate roasted-like characteristics. Um, Nuts. And, and, and absolutely. Nuttiness. And, mm. and 
and you know, you mentioned flavor wheels. I'm a big fan of flavor wheels in beer, in wine, in in uh, in cigars. If you literally just like sit there and you're smoking your cigar and you read through and think, do I get any grassy notes? Do I get any any vegetal notes that remind me of either grass or or um, or soil from a forest? Or and, and you can go through and just kind of do a mental check. Do I perceive that in this? No. Okay, go on. And then you find one that you do, and it can kind of like draw you to a better experience in, 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 the, in the smoke. And that's why I do it. And you know what? There's some people that tell me, I don't, I don't go in for all that. I enjoy the taste of tobacco, and that's good enough for me. I would never challenge that perception. You know, if that's good enough for you, then so be it. For me, I enjoy you know, the, the mental game of trying to depict and, and, and differentiate those flavors. And, and when, I, when I naturally come to, oh, that, that reminds me of wood, I challenge myself, what wood, what Randy? Wood exactly. Yeah, is, is that a sweet wood? Is that, is that wet? Is that a dry oak character? Like, like I, re- I really try and challenge myself. And the more you, you uh, exercise those muscles in your brain, the more it just becomes second nature, where, where you light it up and you're like, oh, yeah, did you guys get the, the cedar and cinnamon notes? Yeah, that was, got yes. that right off the first draw. You know, you know, it it you just say, becomes more, more you know, in your repertoire. Would you say that there are uh, flavors in cigars that you would never get in a beer? Uh, would, would cedar be one of those? Or, or could you get anything in a beer that you could get in a cigar? Do cigars have some flavors that are unique to themselves? I would say... N- not comparatively to beer. I also am a proponent that beer is one of the more complex artisanal products because it uses more ingredients than most of these types of products. Mm. When you're looking at cheese, wine, uh, cigars, you're literally dealing with variations of one ingredient. Right, like there's all these varieties of tobacco grown in different regions of the world. I think that makes the scars more complex. By the way, that's just my take. We we, we can go into that, but uh, <laughs> and, and, and with wine, you know, it's you've got different varietals of grapes, but you're you're dealing with a grape and you're dealing with some yeast. Outside of that, there's not all these other different components. And so, so it's like in wine, you're really you're really mainly in the fruit sort of category. Sure. You're talking about. You know, like uh, dark fruit and and the juiciness and that kind of stuff, and maybe you get like oakiness, mm-hmm, sure, like from, oakiness from, yep. in some wines. But I, I think there's a lot of variance in cigars that wouldn't cross over to wine. But mm-hmm. but you make a good point about beers because they do so much with beers now. Yeah. Like the, literally, there's almost a beer in any type of flavor. Now, obviously, bourbon is that's maybe a little bit more limited because you've got you know, the oak and the char and maybe the caramelness and that kind of thing. But you're not going to get, I don't think, Jordan, am I wrong? You're not going to get, like, you know, the minerally character in a good bourbon. Like, that's one. No, I wouldn't. I, yeah, you're not going to get like, So, get so there are some things that don't cross over flavor-wise in some of these as, in some of these things. Right. With, with bourbons, though, you do have the different mash bills, and so you can create complexities with the addition. Well, not with bourbon specifically, but if you're just talking about whiskey in general, you've got corn and, and uh, barley and, and wheat yeah, the corn, and rye. That you can, hey, that's you know, a great example. Corn, Jordan, is something that you don't I've heard get that in a cigar. Rain makes corn and, corn, and corn makes whiskey. Oh boy! And and I've also whiskey. heard that whiskey makes my baby <laughs> <laughs> a little bit frisky. <laughs> uh, but do you get corn in cigars? Like that's one that you don't. Yeah, would you get a I corny haven't. sweetness? Yeah, no, no. I, I, it's definitely not a negative. But you know I've what's ever. interesting about talking about weird notes is this is one of the cigars that early on it was uh, my brother actually that was like. This cigar has a distinct tomato soup kind of a note mm. to it, and I've always gotten it ever since then as a, kind of the power suggestion. But it d- really does have sort of a vegetal kind of a quality to it, and I think with the coffee, the co- that's kind of being brought out a little more. The coffee has a bit of a squash kind of a the, the two. I, that's almost my hook right now. It's like a squash note. Mm. Well, you know, I, you, you brought up uh, Jordan and I have had this discussion before that that he believes that because you can use so many different. Uh, flavor descriptors for a cigar while only using the single ingredient of tobacco that it, that it actually speaks to the complexity that comes out of just that one that's my uh, point uh, going back product, to yeah. earlier is like with beer it's like yeah we you taste vanilla in that beer that's because we put vanilla in the beer like, oh, oh right, okay right, yeah right, obviously right. i taste vanilla with a cigar you know they had to they had to bring that out of just tobacco Right through fermentation. It's a through, single. Through the, it's a single 
ingredients. Right. Was, right. What, was what your point was. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. No. No. It's it, it's a very fair argument because I've I've always told them that there's no way that cigars c- could ever be as complex as a beer because of the ability a brewer has to introduce these other ingredients like vanilla as Jordan pointed out. So it is an interesting, and I, I just think he's wrong, but it's an interesting <laughs> conversation uh, to be had in any event. Now, Randy, as, as a beer guy, mm-hmm. the beer industry changes so dramatically all the time. Oh, there yeah. are cons- I mean, like every six months there seems to be like a new thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and right now, there are these beers, and um, our good buddy Quinn brought one over, which was basically literally like a fruit smoothie. Mm-hmm. And now I know cigar guys. These that, are called slushies, I think. Yeah, I know. I know cigar guys that, that maybe they're 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 purists, and maybe they they wouldn't like a CBD infused cigar or something crazy, or maybe like an acid or whatever. But there are tons of people that love that. Like some sure. some cigar lounges, like I know my buddy Scott Braband sitting over there, he would tell you that like acid keeps him in business. The yeah. acid line keeps him in business. So purists be damned, the acid line sells a lot of cigars. But what do you how do you feel as a beer guy with some of these crazy beers that come out, you know, like these fruit slushies and that kind of stuff? Does that does it does it make you, you know, like uh, recoil at Sometimes. all? <laughs> so, so what I would tell you is because of the the nature of the industry right now, because it's growing so fast, because uh, new styles have been able to catch on and become major players virtually overnight. Hazy IPA is being a, a great example. IPA as a general style uh, prior to that. Um, heck, uh, pastry stouts, are, you know, have had a good run. The, um, the, the thing about that for me, I've spent enough time in it that – because those opportunities exist, you have more and more brewers trying to be innovative, trying to create a niche, trying to differentiate themselves from other breweries. And so a lot of times they'll just try random stuff like making a beer with the body of an Odwalla. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like if, if that and if that's for you, more power to you. Drink the heck out of them. Uh, and if we ever make one at 21st Amendment, I'll, I'll, I'll hope that you support the brand. But uh, but that being said, I've seen a lot of these styles kind of like uh, become flash in the pans. They, they, it's a good effort. You know, they tried to create some innovation, didn't necessarily take hold. And so I'm a little bit slower, I'll be honest, to jump on the new trends uh, until I, I, I see if it's, you know, got any longevity. You know, Brute IPA came out and, you know, every beer magazine in America was claiming that this was going to be the new hot thing. I didn't believe it to be so. Um, and so I was a little bit skeptical at first. And, uh, you know, a lot of them came out. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were less good. And uh, and now I, I, I would venture you wouldn't be able to find a brood IPA if, if your life depended on it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a flash in the pan. It was. It, it, it very much was. But, uh, you know, it, it had its moment. And that's one of the things, especially for a small brewery that has the ability to hear about a new style and hear that their consumers are looking for it, that they can put it into a, a tank and two weeks later be serving it on draft without... Uh, dedicating significant resources to label approval and and packaging uh, runs to a large scale, um, you, you know, it's important for those smaller breweries to be able to jump on those trends because no matter what, if they've got a, a, an excited beer-consuming, uh, you know, demographic walking in their front door, they expect for their local brewery to bring them the cool, new, hot, buzzworthy stuff. And if it you know, fades out after uh, a few months, then again, a, a small brewery ha- is, can very just simply pivot into a new beer, change that handle, and never look back and know that they captured uh, what they could of that trend. It's important for, for our industry and for small, independently owned companies to be able to capture and, and capitalize on those trends, wh- whether they're, they're long-term or not. All right, so Randy, this is a toughie. It's a sort of a two-part question. All right, um, I'll have to pay attention. In in the cigar industry, in the cigar industry, it seems like once uh, once you go to a certain level, you can't. It's tough to go back. Okay, so let's take a Connecticut Shade cigar, and you have like the the Champagne Tenth Anniversary from Perdomo, which is like sort of like an amped up Connecticut, and then pretty much everybody's doing amped up Connecticut's mm. from that point on, right? Like, it's tough to go back then to just like a regular old school Connecticut. Like, even the Sober Mesa Brulee, which uh, 
bills itself as an old school mm-hmm. Connecticut. It really isn't. It's no. it's a lot more flavor forward. Right. It's a lot more amped up than I think Steve Saka would want to admit. It is it is in the modern era, and it's tough to go back to that like baccarat style of like way back. What? And so yeah, we'll do it. And so um, in the beer industry. Can is it the same way? Like once the consumer has a taste for a certain thing, remember like Double Lujero, Jordan. Mm. Double Lujero came out and people were like, oh, Double Lujero, this is gonna be a strong cigar. Well, now Double Lujero, like it's weak. Like, who, <laughs> like nobody would even think twice. Like Double right. Lujero, like right. who cares? Like I want like a Triple Lujero. Like I want stronger, stronger, stronger. Keep going, keep going. In the beer industry, is it similar to that? Yeah, I, I would say it is. I think as as a people, our, our palates acclimate, and it's it's funny. Kind of goes back to palates the, acclimate. Yes, <laughs> the, uh, thank God. Uh, well, well, one of the things that um, that the taste ex- exercise I'd love to do with you guys uh, when you're going through sweet, you you would spike uh, a little you know shot of water, say with a tablespoon of sugar, and you taste it, and everybody immediately knows that one. It's sweet. Well, then if you go to the next cup and there's three tablespoons of sugar, mm. you say, oh, that's really sweet. Say, okay, go back to the first cup now. It doesn't taste sweet at all anymore. Mm. It just tastes like water. So once your palate is acclimated to that higher level sweet, now what used to be sweet to you is not that sweet anymore. And so I, I think it is a, a thing So where that's why Steve's coming out with this STFU yes. sampler <laughs> because he wants you to say, "Oh, that original Sober Mesa is not sweet." Uh, that's a very fair. <laughs> that's a very fair conversation that we could have with Steve because even if you did determine that the original one is is oddly sweet for d- having just tobacco in it, by the time you s- you taste the double sweet one, you're going to go back to the other one and say, "You know what? This is kind of like an old school, very very mild uh, cigar where you know." Go to bed, wake up the next morning, light it up again. It's going to be sweet again. All right, so I have a, a follow-up question for Randy. But first, Randy, this show is... Brought to us by Drew Estate. We at a Flavor Odyssey are happy to be presented by our friends at Drew Estate. Drew Estate has cigars of every kind for every kind of cigar smoker. Whether it is something sweet for the heat, like Deadwood Sweet Jane, something refined and Cubanesque like Herrera Esteli, or something to celebrate the special occasions in life like Liga Privada. <laughs> Drew Estate has you covered. You can find Drew Estate's cigars anywhere cigars are sold. Head to DrewEstate.com forward slash store locator to find the shop nearest you and experience the rebirth of cigars. Beautiful. And by the way, the cigars we get on the show are, are, give, are you know, brought to us by who? By smoke in, as we were talking earlier about Abe, I'm, I'm not as good as saying Tababna. Tababna, thank you. Smoke in is uh, one of my favorite online retailers. If you're located in the Florida area, he has how many shops? Now? I think thirteen. That's incredible. To By have, the way, have a local I, chain like I that. can say Abe's last name, but he cannot say my last. Oh, name. him they, and Juan can't sell this. Can't, they just makes me feel better about not being able to pull his say out. Say my last name. There I was a know. did Juan. Juan, make this video. There's a video on Facebook yeah. earlier this oh, week yeah. where it's just Abe saying your name like yeah. 500 times in a row. I just can't say it. That's all right. Gatormson. It's, it's so simple. It's three Gatormson. syllables. It's three syllables. <laughs> it's pronounced how it's spelled. It's, but I don't know. It's I, phonetic. It's Randy, easy. we were talking about, before the commercial, mm-hmm. we were talking about you know, how the palate evolves mm-hmm. and how you adjust. And so you have a cup of water with three sugars, and then when you go back to two sugars... You can't taste the sugar anymore. Right. So the obvious follow-up question to all of this is, where does it end? Like, can, you can't continually make it sweeter. What happens when we've reached the brink of, you know, the most Lajero we could possibly put in a cigar, the most sugar we could possibly put in a beer, or the most oak we could possibly infuse into a bourbon? Is, is, there, a, is there a top? Yeah, I think the the you know belief that we carry in the beer industry is everything is cyclical, cyclical, um, and and what we see with with brewers specifically who drink beer more than your average bear, let's just say, um, do tend to once you go all the way to double IPA for long enough that you're just kind of burnt on those characteristics, and doesn't matter how many new varietals of hops you're adding to it, it's it's all becoming more and more similar. You do need a reprieve. You need to reset your palate. Mm. And a lot of a lot of those in, uh, of us in the industry, we drink a lot of pilsners. 
you know, we, we go back to those, those simpler days of the simpler flavors and, and find ourselves enjoying some of those finer nuanced, uh, mm. you know, flavors and characters. I actually think uh, I heard you speak about this recently on the air that you were really big into the Maduros and the, and the big heavy cigars. And as your palate evolved and you were able to pick out, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm one of those people. I started with big, heavy, uh, full flavored cigars. And had I not started there, I might not have been able to decipher or distinguish the, those lighter characteristics in a Connecticut wrapped mm -hmm. cigar. Uh, but now that my palate's kind of uh, you know becoming more refined, more able to def define those uh, flavors and descriptors, I can go back to a lighter cigar and appreciate it a little bit more mm. than I did when it was just like, well, this just tastes like burning tobacco to me because I, I hadn't learned those flavors. So I had to learn those flavors at a high concentration to mm. be able to go back and appreciate them at a lower concentration. I, I actually think that that is genius. What yep. you just said is... And that's the way I feel as being like a cigar nerd uh, to some extent, maybe not as much as other guys, but I do like circling back. Like, I like circling back, going, I go through the Maduros, I get stronger, 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 then maybe like I go back to a Connecticut. I want to try it now. I want to try Cubans again. I want to see what the Cuban flavor is again, and maybe I'll go through that again and sort of like try to bring out some more, and then I sort of like work my way around. It does seem to be like a cyclical nature to yep. the flavor palette that is fun, and that makes the hobby fun. Absolutely. I, I was one of the ones that, you know, the first couple uh, Cubans I had ever smoked felt like, oh, these, these are light in flavor, they're light in body, there's not that much going on, they're not for me. And I kept going on my Maduro kick, Maduro kick, and then finally went back to natural and, and realized, oh, I'm picking up flavors in these cigars that I never had before. And then I, I had a buddy bring me a Partagas D, and and it was one of the more complex, nuanced, really enjoyable cigars that I had had uh, ever. Where I'm I'm positive two years earlier I w I would have missed mm. all these flavors. I wouldn't have been able to to decipher them or, or or understand them or even notice that they were there. All right, so let's talk about the cigar pairing that we're having right now. Oh, uh, what do you think about the Oliva V Milano? By the way, this cigar will probably be in the cigar aficionado top ten list for the next. 300 years. <laughs> It'll always be there. It's just one of those standards. Yeah, that and the Padron 64 or 26, it's going to be there. Yep. Probably uh, one Cuban. And, and one a, Fuente. And one Fuente. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Fuente, of course. But, uh, Randy, talk about this cigar. Talk about this pairing. What are you thinking so far at this stage? So, you know, it's... Uh, probably human nature, I, I uh, automatically want to compare this to the previous three cigars that we've smoked uh, of, of this style. And so I, I'm thinking of it very much on a sliding scale in comparison. But I'll tell you, this one definitely has uh, a lot more woody character. It's a little bit um, a more subdued spice uh, character, a little more spice than maybe the Dogma had, um, but not as much sweetness. And it definitely doesn't have that, uh, that graham crackery character that I like so much in that su sun grown from Drew Estate. Um, so this is this is very solid. It's very flavor forward. It's not nearly as sweet and spicy as the TAA or the VSG are. Uh, I think it's a little bit more approachable, um, but those same characters are, are still very much there. I think there's a, definitely a, a, a underlining wood cedar characteristic, mm. and and uh, again with the black coffee. Unfortunately, I finished that. Uh, a while ago, and Matt <laughs> Hall more. doesn't treat me the same way he treats you. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and with, with the coffee, you definitely get some of those earthy notes. It's a lighter roast on the coffee, so it has a little bit more acidic characteristic, uh, which I find very pleasant and is kind of uh, almost, uh, it's, it's not a, you know, and we talk about flavor hook all the time, and we mostly reference complementary flavors, but there's contrasting flavors as well. And I think that kind of earthy sweetness that you find in the cigar is finding a contrast with some of the, the uh, citrusy, uh, acidic notes in the, in the coffee. And then as far as body and intensity, they're very much you know, on par with each other. Again, it's a lighter roast coffee, so it doesn't have as much of that heavy roasted uh, uh, you know, chocolate Notes. Well, I'd say it's a medium roast coffee. Sure. L sure. Just not to be confused. It's not oh, yeah. a light roast. What do you think, I Jordan? What's, well, how's your Oliva V uh, Milano treating you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's got the similar um, cinnamon, brown mm -hmm. sugar kind of mm -hmm. stuff going on that we've had in the last few cigars. Um, but 
the, you know, I get a lot of like it reminds me of like home cooking. You know, like I said earlier, with like kind of tomato soup, um, squash kind of notes to it. That I do think this. I don't know if it's just my individual cigar or not, but the second half was kind of a letdown. A um, little more grassy than I would like. Maybe a little green. Um, with the uh, pairing wise, it's uh, it's good, but it's like too easy. You know, like. Of course, any cigar with the coffee is going to be good. Um, there's nothing really like popped, like, wow, that, that made this cigar do something I didn't think it was going to do, or vice versa. Yeah, like last week when we had the, we were doing the Sun Grown Dogma, uh, me and Jordan were pairing it with the Parker's Heritage that was uh, aged in, um, what was that aged in? It was barrel, orange. Randy knows how to pronounce it. The orange Caracau. Caracau barrels. And the cigar brought out the orange in that bourbon, which I, you could kind of taste it normally in the bourbon if you had it, like just regular, if you just drank the Parker's Heritage. But the cigar brought out the orange in a big way. Now, I'm not having the coffee that you guys are having, this beer version of the coffee. The cigar has great construction. Um... And I haven't had to touch it up or anything, and it has nice flavor. But I would say, all in all, like it's just a meh, M E H. It's just an M E H pairing. So I would probably go thumbs down on this pairing because it's not neither one, neither the cigar nor the beer nor the coffee flavor is bringing anything to the table so much for me. And so Jordan, I'm going to go thumbs down on this pairing. Well, I'll go ahead and jump in, and uh, since I'm already thinking how I'm going to rank the four pairings, uh, this is going to come in fourth for me, so I'll go ahead and uh, agree that this is a, a thumbs down. Now, why would you say it's a thumbs down? Uh, well, I was about to say, that, you know, well, Jordan made a great point. You, you almost can't go wrong. It's a, it's as simple of a pairing as you can go uh, a cigar and coffee. Uh, so there's nothing, uh, di- you know, nothing not going well here, but you said it best. There's nothing, there's no pop. No, there, I said it best. <laughs> but you, you know, we, we, we talk about that in pairings. The whole point is to create uh, a sum greater of than its parts. Right. And, and exactly. to me, this is the exact sum of one part plus another part. And right. so, uh, you know, again, there's nothing detracting from each other in them, but they're both very just kind of approachable. And, and you know, it, it, what would you think, Randy, would be a more appropriate pairing for the Oliva V Melania? Well, I'll tell you, I was a big fan. Because obviously, of the, this uh, is a good cigar. There, there's it's no good, doubt. It's great oh, cigar. You know it's what I'm thinking? Cigar. Hot toddy. Mm. Mm, I'm not familiar with that. I've heard of it. The I've cin- never had one of the those. The cinnamon, the tea. Mm. My, par- of, my parents made hot toddies all the time when I was a kid. I love a good hot toddy. A good hot toddy is great. So maybe it's that lemon that could bring something out. I think so. Jordan this. has a very old soul. He does. <laughs> he's he's literally he's he's thirty what three. Two. She's 32, and he's like 67. Right. I mean, hot toddies? He <laughs> loves a good hot toddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 38-year-old say, <laughs> I love a good hot toddy. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, my, my, I'll just go ahead and ramble off the way I would rank these four pairings. Okay. Um, I actually thought the VSG with the rye uh, old-fashioned was, to me, the best pairing that we've done. It was a great pairing. Yeah, the rye old-fashioned works so well with the Sumatra tobacco. Uh, it really emphasizes that sweetness, that spiciness. That was a fantastic pairing, and I think that that, um, that cocktail would have gone phenomenal with any one of these cigars. I agree. Um, I'm going to have to actually go back, and, and, and this is another one we, you know, we talked about last week. You guys enjoyed your bourbon pairing with the Dogma more than I did, and, and we, we all d- determined that your bourbon just had more going on. Right. And, and so it brought a little more to the table. And so uh, Yeah, you come to the table with just some... Breckenridge bourbon. <laughs> I was giving Come a on. shout out to, to you guys. I'm giving love to back to Colorado. We hate Colorado whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but honestly, you know, and it might have been the wine that I chose. But that TAA 2020 with the uh, with the heavy bold Zinfandel that also had a lot of nice complementary characteristics going on with the spice and, mm. and sweet. And Kevin um, also thought it was too vegetal and grassy. Uh, this this one right here, the Oliva. Yeah, the, sorry. Okay. All right, so you said the uh, the best one was the rye. Wait, no, you said the best one was the old-fashioned. Old fashioned the, the, the rye old-fashioned. And then you went what? What's next? And, and then the, the Zinfandel. Okay. Uh, leave, leaving the bourbon uh, third. third. And uh, unfortunately, this one fell a little bit flat. Even though, like you said, okay. it's a great coffee, it's a great cigar. They just didn't 
really amplify each other. They didn't compliment one yep. another enough. Exactly. All right, Randy. So, um, uh, moving on with Flavor Odyssey. Now we're done with Sumatra Rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we going to do next week? Yeah. Very, Wild card, baby. Very exciting. You know, uh, again, as we talked a little bit uh, in, in previous episodes, and we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, Cameroon tobacco is uh, Indonesian Sumatra taken to Central Africa and grown there. And so, uh, well, it is different because of the terroir and the, and the different uh, climate terroir. that, that uh, the Africa presents uh, different from Indonesia. You're going to have some differences, but there, there's going to be some strong similarities there as well. Uh, and so we will be pairing next week uh, the, a Cameroon-wrapped cigar. And we're going to leave that to be a, a wild card. Everyone can choose their own. I already know what I'm going to be smoking. Um, but uh, we're going to smoke a Cameroon wrapper with a, um, what is that, a mojito. Ooh. Randy, are you feeling the altitude effects? Mojito? Not just yet. I, I barely touched down. I, I, I'm, uh, I've been here for a quick minute. What do you yeah. think of Casa de Griggs? Casa de Griggs is... Uh, not only flattering, but gorgeous. I have a, a killer spread. Eric says I'm staying in his basement. What he doesn't tell you is his basement is outfitted better than my home. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and and how flattering to get there. And there's literally a sign on the wall oh. that says Casa de Griggs. Oh. It's kind of amazing. Wow. I, I got my own refrigerator. I got my own bathroom. I'm, I'm, I'm living it up. It's better than any bare, <laughs> I, I finished, refinished that bathroom just for you. In the in the refrigerator, what was the what was inside the refrigerator? It is stocked chock full of Topo Chico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Randy, uh, the Sumatra wrapper that was a blast. Um, so so we've done. Um, what have we done so far? We've done the Sumatra wrapper. Connecticut. We, we did so the we Connecticut. Started with Connecticut went to Corojo. Okay. Then we did Sumatra, and next Habano. is is the ever famous Habano wrapper. And I heard a rumor yes. that Rob and I made a list of all the guests that we could ever hope to have kick off these wrappers. And you helped us out with the next booking. Do you know? Is it confirmed? Do we know who's kicking off yeah. Habano with us? Uh, Klaus Kellner. Oh, uh, none, none, uh, by the way, Klaus Kellner. <laughs> This kid, he is the cigar oh. wonder kid. Man. Like uh, Davidoff's Klaus Kellner, the son of Hanky Kellner. Jordan, when we did the Davidoff tour and we did the uh, the farming portion of the tour, Jordan, have you ever learned more about tobacco farming than no, from Klaus Kellner? That was, that was amazing because so many tours are just about the factory, and it was so cool to just go way, way in depth into the farming. It was, no, def- it was farming-centric. Like those guys, like they take their craft to tobacco to like another level. Like Davidoff, you think what you will of Davidoff. I know it's like a you know white collar brand and and it's one of the best selling cigars in the world. But in reality, in reality, when you get right down to the farm, it's more craft than anything. They take the craft to a <laughs> whole new level, and it's going to be great to to get classes. You know, take on Habano wrappers. Mm-hmm. What other Habanos? What what Habano? Do you know? We're going to be doing the Davidoff late hour, right? Right. We'll kick it off with Davidoff late hour. And I got to say about Klaus, it, it, it is very exciting because you know, as anybody that follows along knows, we do something very different on this show. You know, we're very flavor centric, flavor focused on on the the background and, and and the genealogy and the history and the agricultural aspect of these wrappers. You know, we don't, we don't do the you know what 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 do you have coming new in your portfolio this year? You know, that's it's more a uh, uh, smoke night live or uh, or you know face to face interview type. Um, and so to have Klaus on, who knows the real backstory, who's worked with this leaf uh, from literally from seed to, to cigar, uh, it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm really pumped about that interview. Uh, we will, uh, in no particular order, the Habanos that we have listed, we will be smoking the original My Father. Mm. We will then Great be cigar. going on to the uh, Casa de Casa Cuevas, wow. uh, La Mandaria. Oh, that's another great cigar. Yeah, that was a limited release. That's a um, kind of an amped up version it's of the regular, regular now, Habano. Boys. I can get Lewis for that show if you want. Oh, we'll have, we'll have to talk offline on that. Um, and then the uh, the final Habano. I'm drawing a complete blank on. <laughs> there'll, there'll be some other Habano. But but uh, but I'll tell you, as as anyone following along the scene, we're 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 choosing the the you know some some really really high quality. Uh, 
manufacturers and tobaccos and great products that uh, we, we think are going to be really exemplary and, and good showcases of that wrapper and the flavor profile that uh, that it's known for. What comes after Habano? After Habano, we will be going into the Connecticut Broadleaf. Oh, Big, Ooh, big, strong, gritty, yeah, yeah. Big and gritty. We, arf, arf. Mm-hmm. we will finish off season two with the Mexican San Andreas. Oh, you got to go, you got to yeah. Mexican San Andreas. Yeah, right? so so we figured they're the the six top uh, performing and and buzzworthy uh, wrapped cigars going in the industry today, and so we're looking forward to doing a deep dive on each one of those. Ah, oh, can't wait! That's gonna be awesome. Every single Wednesday night, folks, at uh, seven p.m. Mountain, nine p.m. Eastern. And for those on the left coast, <laughs> 6 p.m. Uh, Randy, I can't thank you enough for being in studio, dude. Yeah, this man. is fantastic. Super Having the, the legend <laughs> right here and in my house is going to make me coffee tomorrow and some, yeah. uh, some sort of breakfast some or omelets. something. Some yeah, omelets. I heard omelets are on the gonna menu. It's going to be great. So, no, we're super excited to have Randy here. And obviously, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest this weekend, the big, huge event, uh, Drew Estate, and uh, a number of other fantastic retailers or uh, brands will be with us on saturday brought to you by smoker friendly that's going to be an incredible show i can't wait for three shows three mm-hmm. shows randy you're going to be you're going to be helping me out on those i shows. think randy i heard he might unicycle during one of the shows he might unicycle i i i, I had agreed to shotgunning i don't i've never been on a unicycle <laughs> uh, well, i didn't say you had to be good at it so tune in because i want you guys to win the prizes we've got boxes over oh, there man. huge boxes of like prizes to give away so uh, we're going to be uh, doing that all weekend long. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have a great time. Randy, Flavor Odyssey, Sumatra, it's over, baby. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Please join us again as the Odyssey continues.